With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. VSIN, the sports betting network. We're cruising along here on a Monday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside three time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist, Mr. Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. We're coming to you from coast to coast as always. Michael out there on the East Coast at his office in Jersey. I am live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Already in hour one of the show, we have talked through plenty of college football playoff. We have talked through plenty of the big games in the NFL. And now we have some news coming through about the New York Jets, Michael. What a stunner. Diana Rossini reporting the Jets want to make a switch at quarterback. The team is leaning towards bringing back in Zach Wilson to take over, but he is, quote, reluctant to be stepping back in. The team is discussing next steps, Michael. What was your initial reaction when you heard that? You know, that doesn't really surprise me. It it really doesn't, because what I've said on the show, I've said it on the podcast, that Zach Wilson doesn't love football. I've said this. He doesn't breathe football. He doesn't just, I want to be, he's good at football. He can throw the ball far. He's got every kind of delivery. He's athletic. But all those things are almost a burden to him in terms of what it takes to be a great player, what it takes to connect to his team. Look, he's the best quarterback prospect on their roster. I mean, to lose a job to Tim Boyle Mm. is humiliating, right? I mean, Zach Wilson certainly has enough ability to be in the NFL. However, does he have the love, the passion to be a great player? I don't see that. I see a guy who's indifferent to it. I see a guy that the longer the season goes, the less interest he has. So this doesn't surprise me. This is why I think this is completely true. I think they they would like to go back to him. I mean, would you like to go to Trevor Simeon, or would you, are you really better with Boyle and Simeon than they are? It's a little bit like the argument with Mac Jones. Everybody wanted to put Bailey Zappi in there. Now we know after watching Bailey Zappi, now we know why Mac Jones stayed for forever. Yep. Because he's better than Bailey. He's not any good, but he's better than Bailey Zappi. A six nothing, right? a six nothing loss. The Chargers win in cover against the Patriots yesterday in Horrible. a six nothing game, Michael. But before we, we we get too far off on on the Jets, the point production, whether it is Wilson or Tim Boyle, over the last five games, that offense they have six points, twelve, six, thirteen, and then yesterday against Atlanta, eight. It has been ugly for a long time. Also, the reports that Aaron Rodgers not expected to return this year, which There's another no, thing we have said plenty on this show, Michael. I mean, why would and th- there were people betting he was coming back? I mean, St. Jude's Christmas time is important. <laughs> you know, make put your donation there. It's it help those kids really. I mean, that was stupid to anybody who thinks he was coming back. Why? Excuse me. Why? Why would he come back? He's you know his teams to terrible he doesn't have any ability to really get back into the flow of everything so for for me excuse me i got the hiccups for me it's horrible why would he 
Your hiccups sound a lot better than mine. Mine are like loud in the, so yours are, I'm jealous that I don't have hiccups like yours, but yeah, get that water down. I also liked your uh, tweet immediately after you saw the, the Diana Rossini report about Zach Wilson. College star players are opting out of preparing for the NFL draft, while Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is opting out of playing the rest of the season, preparing for his next chapter. This decision will help, right? Great. Well, well done. I mean, how, how do you think the league's going to look at this? If you're a GM of another team and you see that he didn't want to go on the field any longer, are you running to say, I'm going to trade for this guy? I mean, are you running to say, yeah, that's my guy. That's who I want. I want that competitor. I love it. Yesterday, I saw a clip of a guy. This is just how Twitter operates, and it's so bad. I saw a clip of the kid. I don't know if you saw it. It's been all over Twitter. I don't remember the kid's name, but he was the gunner on Iowa's special teams, and he races down the field. And he gets blocked, and he's five yards past it, and Michigan makes the long run. And this kid hustles his butt off to go down there and make the tackle. And I'm like, I could watch this 10,000 times. And some idiot, and truly, it's got to be an idiot, you know, typical old white guy likes these kind of plays. So I wrote him back. I'm like, well, what plays do you like? Like, seriously, what plays do you like? What do you think is a good play? Like, sir, like, how is that, like, have anything to do with age, ethnicity, or any of that? Like, what, what is that? What plays do you like? What are you such a genius? Tell me what plays you like. Like, you don't respect somebody who hustles his ass off and runs down there? So, like, why would I want Zach Wilson when he's not going to do that? I've been saying this for seven, eight weeks. Last year I saw it in Zach Wilson. He's not, he doesn't love football. You know, he doesn't love football. Maybe he should be the quarterback on that idiot who sent me that tweet. Cohen Intringer, by the way, the name of that player for for um, thank Iowa. You, and, no, thank, thank producer Elliot for getting in the air on that one. But yeah, any coach would want 22 of that kid. Yeah, that's not I a mean, seriously. Twitter, see, Twitter is such a great place for a lot of different things. You can get news and information. You can spread great stories of people overcoming adversity and yada, yada, yada. But it is also just a cesspool of people saying it, it whatever is. the hell they want, whenever the hell they want. It's ridiculous. Like, it's unbelievable, you know, and, you know, and it's obviously I know it's filled with rumors. Like right now we have a rumor from Josina Anderson. She's saying that Shaq Leonard will sign with the Eagles. Mm. OK, great. Does that make the Eagles better? Does it? I don't know. He wasn't very good for a team that was 31st in defense that plays a defense that fits for him. Sha- Shaq Leonard's got name appeal. People think he's still a good player. That's not the case when you watch the tape. Injuries take a toll. And I feel like for Shaq Leonard, that's clearly been the case for him because he was great. He was one of the best at the position in the entire National Football League, Michael. But yeah, he's a, he's a different guy right now. But that's a great point, though. At least the report from Josina, he was deciding between his visits with the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Jerry Jones made it clear that he would like to have gotten a deal done with Shaq Leonard. So I think it's interesting that it looks like it's going to be Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, Philly, look, they, they, this. if you think this is going to strengthen their back end, okay. They got to make some kind of move. I mean, we know this. So, you know, we know they have it. Look, last year, one of the reasons they were good last year was, and it proved out to be true, both their starting linebackers got huge deals in the free agent market. Right? And and so they were always, they've always been indifferent to linebackers. They've never really said, oh, we're going to put my, and I agree with them completely. I agree with them completely. I'm not I'm not dissing on them. They've been able to find linebackers somewhere else. You know, they picked Zach Cunningham up off the street. They signed Nicholas Moreau uh, from Chicago. I mean, I'm not saying they're good enough, but I think that's what they've been able to overcome. They've had them like that. Whereas last year, you know, they were good at linebacker. They had better players. They had, you know, they, they were able to play TJ Edwards. They had the white kid who was very good for them at Will Linebacker. You know, they've lost both. Both guys. Michael, the, the Eagles must just be getting desperate after what transpired against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, obviously, last night's game has just had such an impact on them, which yeah. we, we talked about this game a lot in hour one. It was a tough scheduling spot 
for the Philadelphia Eagles coming off of the last two games, the 92 plays from the defense, 40 minutes on the field against Buffalo in an overtime game, three games in 13 days. But also, like, I want to make sure we're giving San Francisco their flowers because they had a dominant win. They came back from a rough fourth quarter, first quarter, put everything together, and they could not stop that offense. They could do whatever, like, the 49ers offense did whatever they wanted for three quarters. No question. And Philly had no answer. And Philly's and signing Zach Leonard's not going to give him an answer. Look, we've said this numerous times on this show. The Eagles are about their ability to create pressure from their defensive line. That's where they get it. That's what they have to be able to do. Last year, they had 70 sacks in the National Football League. 70, right? And 60 of those sacks came from their defensive front. 60 of the 70, which means they didn't have to blitz, which means those four guys, whoever they were, those four defensive linemen were the guys putting the pressure on the on the quarterback. That's not the case this year. They're not the same. Brendan Graham's not the same. You know, they miss Hargrave inside. He's not the same. Jordan Davis is good, but he's not the rusher that, you know, and, and Carter's a good player, but he's not quite to where they need it to be yet. He may get there. He's going to be a really good player. I'm not disputing that. But when you look at it, that's where they have faults. And they've always been able to cover those faults up because they've been able to pressure. You know, Riddick's got nine and a half sacks. Sweat's got six and a half, and Carter's got four. Last year, those numbers were completely different. Brendan Graham's only got three. Fletcher Cox got two and a half. You know, they drafted Nolan Smith. He's got one. So they haven't been able to get that kind of player in there. And San Francisco taking Hargrave from them took a tremendous inside rusher. 42-19 win in the afternoon slate for San Francisco. The 49ers now a plus 310 favorite to win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy favored to win the MVP award at 3-1. to one. Also a couple other injuries just of note. Kenny Pickett got hurt in the second quarter against the Cardinals yesterday. Looks like he's going to miss some time with an ankle. And Derek Carmichael, a concussion again in the Saints loss to Detroit yesterday. I tweeted this out. Like, I mean, Derek Carr's had two concussions in the last four weeks, right? Like, you know, he left the game, and I have that alert on my phone about the injuries. I don't know what the website is. It's pretty reliable. You know, sometimes it actually comes up before I see it on the TV. But, uh, you know, Carr left the game with bad shoulder, bad chest, and a concussion. His, His return is questionable. You line up those three things, how's your return questionable? Like, seriously, you're out. Like, seriously, you're out. I I think you have a concussion. You have your second concussion in four weeks. You should go on IR for four weeks. You should go immediately on IR. And people say, well, nobody would report them. No, I think they would report them. I think we see it. The referees are taking guys off the field. When he put Hurts back on the field yesterday, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Why? The game's over. Just knock over your queen and say, okay, I'm out. Yeah, I'm with you from that standpoint. I think that's an interesting thing to propose, though, that if you're having that many in a short amount of time, we don't want to have a serious issue. And the league has taken concussions more seriously. We've got to take a quick timeout. First one this hour. Still to come, we'll have our guy Mike Pritchard on the program a little bit later, our lead NFL analyst. We've got uh, Monday Night Football preview. But when we return, it's Step Into My Office. Michael Lombardi doling out some need to hear advice. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge this college bowl season, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. And our college bowl betting guide where you get picks for every single bowl game. Don't miss out. This is a limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the sports bet network that's vsin.com slash subscribe vsin.com slash subscribe welcome back into the lombardi line it's time to step right in to michael's office let's run that open the appointments are lined up you waiting for somebody in there got an appointment and it's not about what you want to hear but what you need to hear it's not personal it's strictly business time you and me had a private talk when you're stepping into my office it's step into my office with michael lombardi mr lombardi we'll see you now all right step right in nick sirianni coming off a tough tough 42 to 19 loss to the san francisco 49ers in the nfc obviously it was a taxing overtime game against the bills the week prior and now as they get set for a sunday night matchup this coming week against the dallas cowboys they're a three-point dog michael as nick sirianni comes in he's talking to you he needs some advice what should he say to his team to get back on track and rebound from the loss this week I don't think he needs to say too much to his team. Obviously, they were humiliated and they were beaten. Uh, the Philadelphia media, the Philadelphia fans will do all the talking. I mean, none of these Eagle players are going to be able to go to their local Wawa or their local Dunkin' Donuts and not have to hear the chatter about how unhappy the fan base is. They'll hear it. I think what Nick needs to do for himself is to stop thinking Dallas is the most important game or Seattle's the next most important game. What's most important for Nick Sirianni today is to figure out what he needs to be able to compete and win a Super Bowl and how can he advance in the playoff and what can he do to his team today to fix the problems that are going to creep up at the most inopportune time that's what great coaches do like everybody sees the Cowboys as the opponent that's all anybody will talk about but the real challenge for Sirianni is today is to figure out what we have to do practice player and scheme to improve our deficiencies, most notably defensively, but how can we complement the defense? What do we need to do to improve an offense in all three phases? That's the conversation. And if he figures that out, then beating Dallas, beating Seattle, beating the Giants twice, or beating Arizona are insignificant compared to solving that question. Where are we? What are our weaknesses? What do we need to do to fix them? The Eagles are plus 550, still the second shot on the 
odds board mm. to win it all in 2023. How about Mike Norvell, head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, ste- stepping in after their 13-0 season that was capped with an ACC title win over Louisville. They become the first Power 5 undefeated team not to make the college football playoffs top four. Mike Norvell publicly did not mince words. He said he's disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision to have what was earned, in his opinion, on the field taken away because of a small group of people. They now have to get set to face Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Michael, what does Norvell and this Florida State team need to hear as they try to show what they were made of? Well, there's no sense in complaining. It's over. You know, Mike, there's no sense. Nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody's going to sit there and say, yes, you're right. Everybody's going to be happy, especially your competitors. What you need to do is turn it up. You need to use this setback and make it a comeback. I feel badly for the kids who aren't going to be with your program next year because they're not going to be able to experience the final four. But you're going to be the head coach of Florida State long after this game. So you need to do everything in your power. And as a young coach, I think one of the things you can learn from this and I think Urban Meyer had this nailed down pretty well is yes you may lose your starter but you better have a really good backup and a really good backup after that what we're seeing in the transfer portal is kids that don't play immediately leave school so that's what we know and what you're going to have to do is recruit as many quarterbacks and have them on campus and then develop them have them ready to play. I know the kid you played on Saturday night was a four-star, five-star, highly recruited kid, not ready to play. If, if you're going to be honest with yourself and you're going to take shots at the committee, what you should do to defend your team, you got to look at yourself and say, how did we not have this kid ready to play at a better level, which maybe the committee would have thought he was ready like they did with Ohio State. Yeah, Brock Glenn struggled. Tate Rodemaker, you don't know if he would have been a whole lot better, but he will be the starter in that game against Georgia, which we are seeing as a 14-point spread where things sit right now. And I, I really feel for Florida State, and I feel for Jordan Travis. He tweeted afterwards, saying he wished that he would have broke his leg sooner so that the committee could have seen the team for what they are. Really, really unfortunate circumstances. Hate hearing something yeah. like that. Let's bring a quarterback into the office. Russell Wilson, QB1 for the Denver Broncos, was playing really solid over that five-game win streak for Denver, but seems like he took a little bit of a step back in the Broncos' five-point loss to the Texans this past week. 186 yards and a touchdown. Three picks in their first loss since October 12th. Michael, what does Wilson need to do to give the Broncos the best chance to make a run here still at the playoffs. Well, I, I think, Russell, what your role has been and how you've been handling it is mar- marvelous. I mean, you've done a great job. You've gone from being the head chef at uh, the French Laundry to not even being a short-order cook at the Hackensall Diner. I mean, so you've done a really good job of burying your ego. What you have to do is protect the football. One of the reasons your team has won over the last five weeks is you forced 16 turnovers defensively, and you've only turned the ball over one time in those five games. You know, in the last four games, you've forced 15 turnovers and you haven't missed any field goals so what you have to do is understand the protecting of the ball a punt's a good play now i get the last interception you got pressured you throw it into coverage you try to make a play i get it but you got to be more careful with the football and you've got to be able to rely on your skills as a playmaker your skills as someone who's dishing the ball around who's basically trying to make everybody else better whether it's judy whether it's williams whether it's sutton mclaughlin it doesn't matter you've got to make them better and when you have your chances to make the plays you've got to take advantage of them so this isn't really about you that loss isn't on your three interceptions that loss is on the inability of the defense to do what they've done in the past which was create turnovers broncos currently six and six sitting the ninth spot in the afc playoff picture plus 330 now to make the postseason the kansas city chiefs went all the way to the super bowl last year and won it they look a little bit different here in 2023 andy reed steps in to the office after this Chiefs offense, Michael, has failed to score 20 points for the fifth time this season. Kansas City 1-4 in those games. A rough loss to Green Bay yesterday 27-19. What needs to change for the Chiefs to get back to that Super Bowl caliber play? Well, I think, look, I mean, Andy, if you'd have told you before the game that the Green Bay Packers were going to be able to move the ball in eight possessions or seven possessions that they had it and scored 27 points, you would have said there's no way. We're a better defensive team than that. And that's true, you are. You've been that way all year. Eight possessions, it, it really, 
seven possessions, and they get 27 points. So this is really, you know, you scored, you, you know you're not going to be explosive. For you to get the 24 points, for you to get the 27, you need to create a defensive turnover. That's not going to happen all the time. So if the defense doesn't play its A game, you're going to have to figure out how to play one. Chiefs 8-4 and four right now, currently in the fourth spot in the AFC playoff picture behind the Miami Dolphins, who have that one seed where things sit right now, the Baltimore Ravens and Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go to the NFC where Pete Carroll is stepping in to Michael's oh office after the Seahawks' 6-3 and three start. Seattle has now lost three straight and seem to be fading. They've got the 49ers and Eagles in back-to-back games to close out a brutal stretch of their schedule. What does Carroll need to do to avoid falling out of the playoff race altogether? You know, Pete, all it takes is one win. All it takes is one win. You know that better than I do. One win. And you finally got your offense in gear last week. You finally scored 35 points. The problem is you went against a defensive offensive team that was lights out. And the schedule doesn't get any easier because you're going to play a team on the road whose offense is lights out. But you know that team. You understand that team. You know how to play that team. You played them well in the playoff game last year. You got to just got to make your team believe without any evidence that they have enough confidence to go down there and play well. One win can propel you to more wins. But you got to get that one win. We got to win the close games and you got to play much better on defense than we've played all year. I mean, I think that's going to be the key for the team. Got to play better defensively. We haven't been able to get control of the game. When you give up 33 first downs like we did the other night, or you give up 23 against San Francisco, you got no chance to win the game. The game you should have won with a Ram game, your field goal kicker has really let you down this year. I think that's come through pretty clearly. So for me, it's just about one game. Don't worry about what's ahead of you. You got after Philadelphia, you got Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. You know, you can win all three of those games that puts you at nine wins. You got to find a way to win one of the next two. It is a compact race for those wild card spots in the NFC. Minnesota, Green Bay, the Rams, as well as Seattle, all sitting six and six right now. But with Seattle and L.A. specifically, they're both teams in the NFC West. If it comes down to one of them, L.A. obviously has that tiebreaker. The Seattle Seahawks are just one and three in NFC West play as of right now. We're going to step aside when we come back. VEASAN's own Mike Pritchard, NFL analyst, is going to join us, get his big takeaways from week 13 in the NFL and his opinion on tonight's Monday night football game. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. The calendar to December. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of some of your gifting. Head over to omahasteaks.com. You'll save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use our promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, at checkout, you get an additional 30 bucks off your offer. Send tender, juicy butcher's cut filet mignon, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, or even easy-to-prep meals that are ready in a flash. Omahasteaks.com. Again, 50% off site-wide, plus our promo code VSIN at checkout gets you an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required, but check it out. Omaha Steaks. We are back here on the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you as we welcome into the show our guy Mike Pritchard, VEASAN NFL analyst, former national champion in college football, longtime wide receiver in the National Football League. And Pritch, so much to take in from the weekend, whether it be the CFP selection committee or what we saw yesterday with some of those big games right. in the NFL. So let's start with, with the National Football League. Huge win for the San Francisco 49ers over the Eagles. Huge win for the Packers over the Chiefs. So the last year's teams that played in the Super Bowl both have tough losses. And it's it's interesting. Where do you think those teams are at right now compared to where they were a year ago? How different are they in your eyes? Well, I mean, it's always hard to get back to the championship. And great to be with you, Stormy and Michael. Uh, we, we all know that. I mean, you know, to, to repeat uh, or go back to back, I mean, that, that's so tough, right? Uh, and that's what we're seeing. I, I think we're seeing a little bit of exhaustion uh, for these teams. Uh, they're older. They're veteran-laden teams, too. So uh, if they're matched up against uh, teams that are younger and getting better, I mean, that, that profiles to, to a difficult time. Or if they match up with particular the Eagles they match up with the team that is very very physical uh, like the San Francisco 49ers then that that can that can wear you down and I think that's what we're seeing right now uh, with the Eagles uh, as they're going through this gauntlet and we're certainly seeing that uh, with Kansas City a little bit of fatigue factor with those two teams from the Super Bowl last year 
What, what do you see in Kansas City's offense, Pritch, that you're saying, why are they not the same level that they were last year? Michael, they're not explosive. Um, I, I know they wanted to become more efficient, uh, and therefore Tyreek Hill was 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 let go, or or certainly wasn't retained. Um, but there's no explosive element to this offense in terms of threat, threatening threatening a defense vertically, right? Uh, I think they can matricul- like matriculate the football, they can run the football, they can do that, but without an explosive play or two or three or four, which can be helpful to kind of loosen up the defense. Now everybody's kind of sitting on everything and condensing the field. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has to be perfect. Uh, the offensive line has to protect perfectly. Uh, and then they have to be perfect in red zone and scoring opportunities. And we're seeing the Kansas City Chiefs have to be that uh, this season. They don't have the players to, to play like that this season. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think with that quarterback, they have a chance to correct it. They have a chance to try to get explosive and at least have a threat. And if they develop that, uh, now you're looking at a Kansas City Chiefs team that's going to feel more confident down the stretch. Rich, how much were you screaming at the TV at the officials for that two-minute situation yesterday? <laughs> uh, I mean, keep screaming, throwing things. I mean, <laughs> you, you name it, uh, Stormy. That was happening. I mean, it, it's been so inconsistent with officiating uh, this year. There's no accountability, though, right? Um, these guys, they get graded, and then they get knocked down by based on their grades. We know that the reward at the end of the year uh, is officiating the Super Bowl. Uh, but there's nothing in terms of accountability each and every week other than going back to school and, and maybe being on a Thursday night football game uh, down the line. Uh, we saw, the, you know, the game was incredible, right? And so Philly is not as bad as that score. And certainly San Francisco right. may be as good as that score. What do you think Philly can do with their secondary? There's rumors they're going to sign Shaq Leonard as a linebacker. Where do you see Philly can improve to really be able to close the gap on the 49ers? Because it was pretty clear there is a gap. Right. Uh, I, I don't know uh, if there's a player or two that they can add. Uh, you know, Shaq, I, I think he can be dynamic. But look at their linebacking core. They are dynamic. Uh, look at the front. They're, they are dynamic. I mean, on the back end, uh, it's just when you when you face a team like San Francisco that just wants to beat you up and to beating you, you know, that gets tough. I, I think mentally uh, Philly needs to adjust that way. Um there's so many finesse teams, and we know the finesse teams in the National Football League. They're going to face a finesse team coming up uh, in Dallas because I don't think Dallas can can amp it up uh, physically like that week in and week out. But when you go up against San Francisco, you lose to that team, and then you lose again because they just beat you down. Uh, so we'll see if Philly can respond. I mean, this late in the season, this much wear and tear on your body – now it becomes a mental game uh, for the Eagles to see if they can execute and play better. VEASAN host and NFL analyst Mike Pritchard joining us live on the Lombardi line like he does every Monday. San Francisco currently the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy the favorite to win the MVP. But a lot of people have been a little bit split, maybe not right now, but throughout the course of the season mm-hmm. on Christian McCaffrey getting a lot of love as far as the best player on that team. But Michael has made the argument on this show, we talked about it earlier today, that if there is a non-quarterback to win the award, it's should probably be Tyreek Hill, especially if he continues to play at the level he is. Yet Tua Tunga-Vailoa is a much shorter shot on the odds board than Tyreek. How do you view that market right now and specifically what Tyreek Hill has done? I mean, I think this is a year in which a quarterback doesn't win it, to be honest with you. And, you know, I'm not mad at that pick at all with Tyreek Hill because he's going to um, surpass 2,000 yards. The guy's incredible. You you can't cover him. Uh, Whether it appears to be man-to-man or some kind of zone, uh, you can't cover them, especially if they're on time and on rhythm uh, with that offense. And, and so I think he's going to get past 2,000 yards. We'll see how the voters uh, want to go with that, whether he's offensive player of the year type of player. Now, MVP uh, gets interesting because I'm one to think that Christian McCaffrey uh, is everything to what the 49ers do. Like, I, I don't want to discount Brock Purdy. I think he's been incredible. But when you're Christian McCaffrey and you account for over 40% of the scoring, He's got, what, five receiving touchdowns. He's got a passing touchdown and 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, And that offense goes through the physicality of the running game. And certainly Christian kind of leads that. Um, If we're talking about the best team in the National Football League, then he's he's a key uh, to make everything go offensively for that football team. So uh, if it was me, uh, and certainly I'm taking a look at that, looking at Christian McCaffrey for MVP this year. 
Hey, Mike, how about your four top teams? Did you agree with the committee or did you have four others you liked? Oh, Michael. Oh, no, I did not agree at all. I mean, uh, see, this is good. We need some new blood. We need some new blood to discuss this topic. First of all, I mean, if you're going to put Alabama in, you might as well put Georgia in. Um, I I don't think Texas should be in. Yeah, I don't think Texas should be in the top uh, four because they beat Alabama back in September. But okay, you're going to overweight that, but yet you're not going to dock them from losing to OU. And then also going overtime with Kansas State. Uh, I mean, I, I wish the committee would suggest or say to us or let us believe, believe they're not only watching every game, but they're going to study uh, the tape of every game uh, and, and then really come to the conclusion that, OK, if you're going to disregard conference champion, which is Florida State because of the quarterback situation. And I get that. Uh, but but why Texas, though? Because they beat Alabama, but you didn't dock them enough for the loss and, and certainly uh, the overtime game. And then if put Georgia in because of the perception that the SEC is down, well, you have the SEC champion in, uh, and then you have the number one team in the country with one of the weakest schedules in the country all year long. Uh, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that the Big Ten was a, was a tough conference this year, considering watching Washington uh, go through the gauntlet uh, of the Pac-12 and then certainly go through uh, Oregon uh, in a uh, conference championship game in the Pac-12. So I, I think this is all about branding, which it always has been, the arrogance of opinion in terms of the arrogance that we can use our eyes uh, and suggest to everybody that these are the four best teams. That's what got us into this situation in the first place. I'm so happy that this is the last year of this yeah. garbage and we can finally get to a playoff system that we should have had years ago. If we were in the 12 team format this year, we'd have Liberty and Florida State battling it out to play Alabama, Missouri and Oregon to play Michigan. Ole Miss, Georgia to play Texas, Penn State, Ohio State to play Washington. How fun would that be? Like, I'm so glad that we're moving beyond four so that we can have, like, the opportunity and not be, like, so stuck on this group. Right. It's the arrogance of our opinions that that really get us into this trouble, right? Um, You know, Herb Street, great analyst, but yet, you know, I, I don't, find credibility in what he's talking about. And, and that's sad because I think he's a respected guy and he's certainly one of the best analysts out there. Um, but we know that the, the SEC uh, against Power 5 conferences didn't fare too well. Uh, but yet you're going to say that the champion of the ACC uh, shouldn't be in. And, and because of their quarterback, I get that. But the ACC was good enough for Clemson years ago to go and win the national title. So I I don't know. It's all over the place with this committee. Well, and I get the ACC head to head this year with the SEC, but the Southeastern Conference did end up having four teams in the top 15, right? Or is it five teams? Maybe I I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it was five teams in the top 15, six in the top 25. So like they did have proof of concept for what the league is supposed to be but um oh, so many layers to all of this pritch so appreciate your insight thanks for doing this thanks pritch. thanks for having me okay Thank you. have a great day you as well we are going to Shaq leonard officially signed with the eagles we Ooh. got that done fly Shaq, fly <laughs> we, we have plenty more to discuss here as we wrap things up on the lombardi line get michael's opinion on monday night football jacksonville a double digit favorite coming up tonight we'll be right If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook this week. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. That's V-E-G-A-S. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We are wrapping up this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, and we got a good Monday night football game to close things out here tonight. Okay, let's like, let me try to hype it up a little bit. It had a little bit of a different flair to it when it was two former number one overall picks, yeah. Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Uh, Jake Browning's got a little bit of a different flavor to this Monday night game as Jacksonville is now all the way up, Michael, to a double digit favorite at home yeah. taking on the Bengals today. What do you think about the, the one tonight? Well, I mean, it was eight and a half all week and it just kind of finally had a tick up there. I think the more people pay attention to Cincinnati's team, they realize that all season long, Cincinnati has not been very good on defense. For all the conversation about, you know, their their offense and losing Burrow, which is hard to do, but they have not been good defensively. You know, they give up 544 yards to the Houston Texans, never slowed them down. You know, they give up 405 to Baltimore. That's not a crime, but they did. And last week against Pittsburgh, who we saw Arizona shut down, Pittsburgh put 421 on them. And 153 on the ground. So this game sets up really well for Jacksonville in the sense that they should be good offensively. And for Trevor Lawrence, he needs to be good offensively at home. I mean, he has not played as well at home as he has on the road. His numbers are down, his yards per attempt. On the road, he's 5-0, and believe it or not. He's 5-0 and on the road. And he's 3-3 and at home. And he just hasn't had that same kind of feel to him at home throwing the football that he needs to have. You know, the, the, the first Texan game we threw for 288 yards, but that was not really, you know, they were behind that game he had to throw. All the other games up until the Tennessee game last week were all below 200 yards passing. He has not played his 6.9 yards per attempt at home. But when he goes on the road, he's up to 8.1. This is a moment where they got to play better at home. And this is the perfect team to play better against. Because when you're playing against Cincinnati, you know, if you can take away the one back runs, if you can take away the big plays to chase to to, uh, Jamar Chase, where are they going to score points? I mean, this team is set up for Burrow to be under center. Right. They're 30, you know, they're 32nd in rushing attempts. They're fifth in passing attempts. Now, you really think that that Browning's going to be able to throw the ball every snap? No, he's he's not built to have to throw the ball 40, 40 times in a game. And no. obviously the lack of a run game was problematic for them against the Steelers last week when they were only able to muster up 10 points in a 16 to 10 loss. For Jacksonville, I, I feel very much so on the same page as you is there's so much opportunity for them to score and for them to do things tonight. I just wonder if they will. They're not the 
type of team that's used to being a big favorite, right? I mean, historically yeah, right. looking back because of a lot of their struggles and even the past two years when they've gotten better, they haven't been a favorite of eight plus points. They haven't been a favorite of that margin since 2018, week three of that season against the Tennessee Titans. So laying double digits is a really, really different role for them, Michael. So as it pertains to that number specifically, which way do you lean against Cincinnati? You know, because I worry, how is Cincinnati going to move the football? Right. How are they going to score points, right? You know, they cannot run the ball. They're 32nd in rushing attempts. They're 32nd in yards. Oh, but they're 29th in touchdowns, and they're 27th in yards per attempt. This is a team that gives up rushing yards. See, here's the kind of the understanding of how you build teams. When you can't run the ball, you can't play run defense. And people say, why is that? Well, because you don't get enough practice against a good run team. And so there's no physicality in your defense. They're 31st in the league in yards per attempt. They're 31st in yards allowed on the ground. You know, now they're better if you throw the ball. They're third in interceptions, but they can't stop the big play. They're 31st in the big play. So this is a really hard – Lou Amaromo has been a great coordinator for Zach Taylor, but he's been in – always he's in a tough spot because Zach builds the team – around 11 personnel, and I'm going to throw it all over the place. And, you know, and they've been able to get away with it. But, you know, it's very challenging. And when you look at what they've done, I mean, Zach Taylor without Burrow, you talk about Belichick, he's 34 and 24 straight up with Burrow. He's 4 and 20 without him. Lately, recent history, Bengals, Two and three ATS away from home. Zero oh and three ATS their last three in general. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, the only no cover as for, for them recently was that blowout loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Other than that, they've been a really good cover team. Seven of their last eight games, they've covered five straight in conference. Um, with this total, Monday night primetime unders. 13 yeah. and one to the under. I mean, and between Sunday yeah. and Monday night, those numbers are absurd too. It's like 30 something to four to the under, I want to say, um, dating back to the last yeah. 36 or 38. And obviously last night we had an over. So do you feel like we're due for, <laughs> for another under tonight? I don't know if Brownie can score. I mean, look, one thing we do know, the Jaguars in the last eight games are seven and one against the spread. They're a good spread team. But this spread's a little long, right? It's mm. a little too long. You know, you worry That's what about I said. it. Yeah, I think it's too big. For them you know, to for them to cover, I, I, yeah. But we're talking about Jake Browning, and we're talking about a defense here with the with the Jacksonville Jaguars that you know they're used to playing against eleven personnel. The Jaguars are fairly good, you know, at being able to stop at being able to get pressure on the passer. You know that you can throw the ball on Jacksonville, but you got to be able to protect a little bit. I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure this offensive line, which is really soft. It has a. It will be able to. Will be able to handle it. Now, this is the healthiest Cincinnati's been all year, Stormy. I mean, they're going to have Higgins on the field. They're going to have all their guys on the field. Other than Burrow, they're really healthy. I don't have a bet in this game where things sit right now. Maybe as we get closer to game time, I can talk myself into something or get involved in some of those first touchdown props, which are always fun pizza money bets if you want action on the game. But I just don't have I don't have a lot of clarity one way or the other. I don't believe in what the Bengals are doing offensively or defensively for that matter right now. But Jacksonville yeah. at such a big favorite, you're not going to make a ton of money laying double digits, especially in a primetime game. So um, I've gone back and forth on it. I probably will still for the next couple of hours. But we've got a couple minutes here left in the show, Michael. Are there any other games that we didn't get an opportunity to talk about much today that you want to make sure that we touch on? Well, you know, when, when we were going through the games, I mean, the, the, we talked about the Zach Taylor. Maybe they want him back. That makes sense. I was disappointed in the Lions' defensive effort. I mean, there was an opportunity for the Saints to get back in that game and win the game. The Lions are struggling still defensively. I know they got the big lead, but they were able to do it. I was really disappointed in the Chargers. They really didn't do anything in the game. Yeah. Now, New England did less. Both teams never made the red zone. I don't know how the Chargers are going to get up off the mat and go play. I mean, no, Keenan Allen's not even healthy. They didn't even try to double Keenan Allen in the game. You know, the other team I think that's interesting are the, the Texans. They just find they haven't played well the last two weeks, but they've won the last two weeks. They've been really an interesting. Every time I want to bet against them or, or downplay them, they're pretty good. You know, and this week they go up to the Jets and, you know, they'll move the ball. I mean, the one thing about the Jet game and the Texan game, just a little side note, it's, it's an inner squad scrimmage for the Texans because that's the defense the Texans run.
Mm. Interesting point there for sure. That I can't get over that Chargers Patriots result, Michael. That it's another right. loss where the Patriots D holds an opponent to ten points or fewer, and they can't win the game. The fact that LA covered that game and only scored six yeah. points is absurd. It's absurd. I thought the Patriots had a chance to win the game, yep. and I think I handicap. I thought they would make one or two plays. But here's the, here's the issue we don't discuss enough. Patriots average starting field position in the game was the 14-yard line. And because of that, the Patriots can't put 8, 9, 10, 12 plays together to score. And they don't have any plays that they can make explosively. So when you put them on their own 14, they'll, they gotta, they'll get it to midfield, but then it shuts down. They really are a 20 to 40 team. They can go from their 20 to your 40. But when they get to your 40, you're going to sack them. They're going to turn it over. It's exactly what happened in this game. Stevenson fumbles. They get to the 40. All of a sudden, Bailey Zappi takes two sacks. I mean, it was really, really bad situationally. And the Patriots have no one to blame but themselves. The quarterbacking position is just atrocious. How ugly has this gotten for Belichick now? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing thing about him is he keeps working it, you know, but it's hard. It's hard to fix the problems when every day there's another problem. You know, the line messed up on this block. They don't block this guy on a short yardage and then they get this guy. Block. There's, there's just there's just not enough going on. And it started this summer. It started this summer. That's why it's so important to figure out what's wrong with your team. Yeah, Mac Jones wasn't it. Bailey Zappi's not it. Maybe they give another guy a shot. It has been really, really rough offensively. A 6 nothing shutout to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a wrap for Michael and I today. Keep it locked right here on VSIN. Sharp Money coming up next. If you're watching on DraftKings Network, it's Pablo Torre. But we will be back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a great day. Good luck with your Monday Night Football action. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.